Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. My name is Dumi Jere, and I'm coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. And beautiful sister uh, Maggie Mutesi coming to us from Nairobi in Kenya. Yeah. How are you, my sister? I am uh, pretty excited, but I'm fine. Thank you. That's good. The beginning of the year is always an exciting time because it's filled with so much hope that is floating in the air. And it's mm. enough to go around as people kickstart their New Year's resolutions and so on and so forth. Do you have any, Maggie? I mean, you know, we might call it 30 days into 2022. All right. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it's been really exciting. Um, I think when the year was ending uh, just a month ago too, I one of the things I said was, you know what, what's this NFTs? What is the fuss about all these yes. cryptocurrencies? Yeah. I really want to understand yeah. them. So this is something that I am seeing, you know, a conversation I'm seeing all over my social media, but also from close friends. And then like you mentioned, the coup d'etat do miss like every after two months, there is a coup d'etat. And then, you know, mm-hmm. there is a, either a ban from the, you know, a suspension from the AU or the regional bloc and all of that. And obviously, the FCFTA, it made one year of ratification in January. Yeah. Yeah. And the question yeah. still remains, where are we? Are we really mm-hmm. open to trade and business investments? Or are we still, you know, in the holiday phase of ratifying and getting countries on board? So all of those things really get me excited. But I have to say, for me, the biggest area or area I'm really looking forward to is the one for the Continental Free Trade Agreement. Let me ask yeah. you, Domino. Yeah. Uh, before we go in any further, looking at the African investment landscape, of course, with what is happening, like you've mentioned, countries yeah. have opened up, easing restrictions globally because we have to live with the virus, but we have to find ways beyond just vaccination to be yeah. able to cope with this. My question is, when you look at the business and investment landscape, how would you describe it? Well, I mean, there's two schools of thoughts. If we go with mm-hmm. what the analysts are saying, they're focusing, you know, a very grim 2022 economic outlook for the continent. Mm. But having said that, though, I would like to say, I don't think analysts are always the most correct people out there. At the beginning <laughs> of the COVID-19 pandemic, yeah, their yeah. calculations were saying, yo, I think it was almost like this whole continent is going to die. But mm. the continent actually fared much better than the other continents, Europe, as well as the Americas, even though we don't have as much vaccine as we would love to have. So I'm skeptic when it comes to believing what analysts have to say. Mm. Personally, yes, the African economies were badly hit by the emergence of uh, COVID-19, as well as the subsequent slowing down of the global economy. Um, the lockdown, the restrictions that accompanied the pandemic, you know, they led to drops in manufacturing of goods, yes. trade volumes, tourism, and other revenue-generating activities across the continent. So that's with the restrictions coming off, with mm. the countries slowly opening up their borders and trading with their neighbors as well as the rest of the continent, we are slowly beginning to come back. And there are opportunities in all of those areas that I mentioned and more. So tourism, uh, investments, manufacturing of goods, 
of course, we're still lagging behind from a vaccine point of view. Recently, early January 2022, President Ramaphosa opened um, a vaccine manufacturing plant in Cape Town. So that's mm. um, positive. They are projecting to, or they are hoping to be able to make about a billion doses. So um, there is lots that gives reason for us to be hopeful out there. And I really like the points that you mentioned around, you know, the NFTs and the Bitcoins and all of those things. Those seem to be the buzzwords currently. I mean, every other day there's a coin coming up. I don't really know what you're doing with your life. Have you invested though? <laughs> well, no, because uh, I think for me, um, I like to invest in something that I fully understand. But do me, that's the thing, because the world is changing. It looks like everything now is virtual. And I feel like we shouldn't go deeper in this conversation because we are going to touch on it itself as an episode. But yeah. Yeah. Um, somehow I feel like I'm being left behind. And <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, this, is, this is a real story. No, I'm sure we'll catch up if they leave us behind. <laughs> no, no. I saw a story on CNN and... Yeah. Uh, one expert said, not, not to mention that some, ex, some, some experts get it wrong, but he was saying, you know, how buying land in the metaverse right now is like buying land in Manhattan 120 years ago or 100 years okay. ago. And I was thinking, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying <laughs> people need to sell their land yeah, and invest yeah, yeah. in land in the metaverse. And funny enough, when I look deeper into the story, there were all these companies, huge, mm-hmm. massive companies investing into that. But I feel like that's a space we should touch on with an expert when they come. I have lots of questions as well, and I would love to understand them with the audience. But you mentioned about easing restrictions and, you know, getting business back to normal across Africa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... This is interesting because every other day there is a new booster you have to take, the fourth booster, the third booster, the fifth booster, by the time we get to 2024. (laughs) So at this point, it's like, are we taking vaccines or are you going to tell us after? Because I've taken my shot, but are you going to tell me after my shot, I need to close down because of a booster? So there's all that conversation. Nevertheless... People yeah, need yeah. to get vaccinated because that's the only way, you know, business gets back to normal. True. You know, seeing countries opening up for me is even exciting. Just in East Africa, uh, the border of Rwanda and Uganda, which was closed, yes. I think, for the past four years, just got opened. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's like, you know, it's back to normal. There's going to be business moving. I don't know how it is in South Africa, though. Well, I think perhaps let's look at Zimbabwe. Because yeah. Zimbabwe for the longest time had closed its borders, I guess, because they didn't want their health system to be overwhelmed. As it is, it was already in dire straits anyway. So it being overwhelmed would actually make things worse for the country. So for the longest time, they had closed their borders and they came out with an update that they finally opened the land borders uh, with their neighbors. And... That is exciting news. So we're beginning to see movement yeah. <laughs> between, you know, these countries yeah. and so on. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So well, I think it just speaks to all of this that we're talking about around yeah. um, easing of restrictions and life slowly. Well, not exactly getting back to normal, but us adjusting to the new new and learning to live with the pandemic in our midst. 
Obviously, obviously. Dumi, you know, I'm like, we've touched on these regions, East Africa, of course, because we understand them better. And, uh, you know, South Africa and the strides they're making towards that. But now you come to Ecos, you know, mind you, Africa has been one of the most affected regions in terms of COVID-19 because yeah. you understand that with us, uh, there was so much importation, like trade within the continent was even less, even intra-Africa investments less. So the effects really were felt. So you come now yeah. to a region like West Africa that has had uh, coup d'etats, like you mentioned in the, in, you know, in, in your introduction, you have Guinea on this hand, ju just had a coup d'etat. You have Mali, which has had three coup d'etats in one year. And then uh, recently you have uh, Burkina Faso that also has yeah. had a coup d'etat. And these coup d'etats are coming with sanctions from um, regional blocks like ECOWAS, yeah. which says, you yeah. know, we, we're closing uh, Mali off. So no trade, no, no movement. No airlines going in and you have Burkina Faso here where the AU says we are suspending you, you know, part of any AU activities. And then the ECOWAS is also slapping sanctions and then the movement and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's quite confusing because you're like, you're rebuilding, but then there is a step taken back. What do you make of all of this? Considering that we are, like you mentioned, we are bouncing back. It's a new year. And this is a region, probably one of the, the richest regions in Africa. A lot of gold within Burkina Faso, within Mali, a lot of investments, a lot of money on um, at risk. But most importantly, displaced people. Or if you are a business person, you don't want to add money into it because you're very uncertain about the future, regardless of yeah. whether, you know, yeah. the, the, the government in place is okay. The question is always like, what's going to happen a year later? You know, things like mm -hmm. that. What, what do you make of that? I think it just derails the efforts to recovery that are going on. Like you mentioned, around displacement of people, because there's so much uncertainty that goes on. When uh, all the other countries are now rallying together and putting together recovery plans, the affected countries that are um, in the middle of coups then don't have anything that they can put in place to sort of boost their recovery. And so that is uh, very worrying. There are lots of industries that are affected by that. Mm. The markets also respond unfavorably. It's just a mess. And mm. frankly speaking, when you resort to military takeovers, you create sort of a bad precedence. And mm. the president says that, well, if we don't like whoever comes in next, we're going to go back into the streets and we're going to get the person out. While some may say democracy is overrated, but I think it brings in some form of uh, structure, I guess, which sometimes or most of the times a rule by a military junta doesn't. And so it really affects one, the home country where the action is happening and by extension, the region. And when we look at the ECOWAS region, it's become so affected by all of these things. And now we then sit on the other side, on the other side and yeah. say, okay, so who's next? Is there someone next? Is the region secure? Please don't mention countries. Do not mention countries. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing but about yeah, coups. Yeah, you can never quite yeah. tell. Like, um, I vividly remember when, um, well, the military assisted takeover happened in Zimbabwe. They don't quite mm -hmm. like to call it a coup. Call it military <laughs> um, I remember yeah. when that happened, 
let me just say it's not the best of situations to be in and no one could quite see it coming. It just happened. So to be able to predict that uh, this is the next country where it's going to happen, nah, that's a lie. It just happens. Yeah. And it's really sad because it's like three countries, same region, really mm. um, great countries with a lot of resources, so much to offer to their neighbors. I mean, if you lock down Mali, you are literally restricting movements to Senegal because it's it's a landlocked country. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get in unless if you, you know, you're restricting movement of goods as well. Because where are they yeah. going to pass anyway? Of course. And, of course. and all of these. So it, it, brings this, it brings it to a standstill. And for me, you know what's funny? Yeah. The question usually is, where, where is the AU? Like, is this a missing link? And I don't want to ask this because I know if Arnold was here, I would have had other... <laughs> <laughs> the <Tuesday. laughs> yeah, but uh, this is really undermining the AFCFTA. Of course. And I think linked to the bright continent and the hope that it brings amidst all of yeah. the chaos. Um, definitely, there's a lot to look forward to this year. Uh, mm. Personally, um, and by extension on the show, I'm looking forward to speaking to many other startups because I'm passionate about that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to to the hustle and to hearing from other hustlers <laughs> and yeah. uh, in the process encouraging a movement of hustlers across the continent to, to actually start something and see it through the support structures that are there, the venture capitalists that are now coming. I think I was reading about a new venture fund from um, Sweden that is coming not mistaken, I think the number was about 30 billion. I can't quite remember. I stand corrected on that one. So we are now getting the right attention. We are building amazing products. And um, I look forward on this show to be talking to as many people, experts, fellow founders, VCs, and so on and so forth to quite understand the landscape and how everybody else who probably may be on the sidelines can actually also get it. In closing, for you, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to this year on this show? First of all, we need to buy land in the metaverse. That's <laughs> it. So it, it will depend. It will depend on what the expert tells us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at some point you realize that this virtual world is actually real. When you see friends tell you things like, "Oh, I bought land for hundred dollars and I just sold it for ten thousand dollars," this is not mm. real life. This is virtual life. And yeah. then when, when you look at it, you start questioning, is it real? Is it not real? But then you realize that, you know what? Uber is not a company. It doesn't, it's a company, but it doesn't own cars. You know, Airbnb is a company, but it doesn't own hotels. And, you know, um, and, and everything. Facebook is uh, one of the biggest content creating companies. It doesn't own, you know, a TV station or anything. It's just a platform. Mm-hmm. But when you start to think about that, then you realize, hmm, wait a minute. People could own land without actually owning real land that they see, but it's virtual. So when you think about it further, it feels real. And I think it is real. And I think we need to move with the times. And it could be a chance for Africa this time around not to be left out. People keep saying we need our own Facebook. We need our own Twitter. No, 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 no. Maybe it's the time to tap into this virtual world that is actually coming around where people are selling art for, you know, thousands and millions where people are buying NFTs and owning all of this. Maybe that is where we can tap into and so much excited about that. Honestly, everything put on hold. I think it's a changing one and we need to agree, don't we? We really need to. 
And I can't wait to speak to the guests we're going to have on the show who have actually already been there performing and building. They already bought red toes within the metaverse and all of that to talk to us about how it feels, how they're able to get into their clubs, even play sports. Virtually, I think is really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so for me, I think also with this virtual world, it's a reminder that um, in situations like this where we have COVID or where you and I can actually speak to each other virtually, it's a reminder that, you know, uh, it could be the new way of living. It could be the new way of, yeah. of doing everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. This has been fun. Thank you, folks. Uh, please remember to visit our website, Mansa Media Africa, for more news about the continent and follow our social media pages. The links are at the bottom. Mansa Media Africa on Facebook, as well as Mansa underscore media on Twitter. And also, please, please, please follow our podcast on the different platforms that uh, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, The Works, so that you're notified whenever a new episode goes live. I am Dumi Jarrett. Until the next broadcast, here's to peace and profits. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.